Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. where slavery, involuntary servitude is practiced. It is right there in the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. It is in many of 99% of the state constitutions. So uh, that is definitely what I'm implying or what I'm alluding to when I say that I am behind the enemy lines. I mean, any place where you are legally practicing slavery and I can become a victim of slavery at any given uh, moment of time during the day or or night, then, man, I'm, I'm basically creeping for my life to stay out of slavery. I'm, I'm just really creeping behind enemy lines. So for those that always wonder why I say that that's because because there are so many let's say uh institutions pointed at me that wants to lead me to a state of slavery as an existence in this country and so that's definitely what we are will be talking to today first talking about today but first let me issue some apologies I was a little late getting on air because I was trying to uh, get some details from this black journalist who lives in Charlotte, works in Charlotte. I don't know where she lives, but she works in Charlotte for the local Fox News affiliate. And so I don't know if y'all saw the stories about we have right wing people, usually white. I'm, I wouldn't doubt if uh, Candace Owens is on Twitter talking about she burning up all her night gear too so we you know we can't say it's just white people I'm sure some black people expressing uh, the same ideal of they're so angry that Nike would name Colin Kaepernick to become the face of his 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign you know if you're thinking about taking a knee on your job to highlight the fact that slavery and involuntary servitude is still legal as as law, as custom, as a practice in the United States, then just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Just do it. If you're thinking about ending slavery, uh, whether it's in your state or in this country, then don't think about it. Just do it. 
it's a long nose. It's a long nose veins is what the campaign is really saying by choosing Colin Kaepernick, and you could apply that to other areas. Hey, you're thinking about turning in your boss for sexually harassing women that you witness him doing this stuff to, or her for that matter. Don't think about reporting that person. Just do it, okay? Stop thinking about stuff and just do it. Now, I hate to be sitting up on here uh, giving any kind of un unpaid ad space to Nike, and Nike has its human rights issues, um, I have long known about the sweatshops and the different. I actually used to work side by side in the office with a white woman who at one time worked for Nike in their sourcing department and visited factories in the Philippines and other places that Nike has factories and talked about the inhumane condition those factory workers uh, worked under. Now, that's been possibly close to two decades ago. I don't know if that's still an issue. I, I thought I saw somebody on Twitter say, hey, they're doing better, but they haven't completely stamped out sweatshop. Using sweatshop labor, another form of slavery, in these other countries. So, yeah, but I applaud them for the boldness and naming Colin, Ka Colin Kaepernick the face of their Just Do It campaign on its 30th anniversary. Okay, so it's not that I'm endorsing night, but I'm endorsing the move. Anything that that highlights injustice in this country, that promotes correct behavior in this country, that might inspire people to do something about slavery and human trafficking and all the different symptoms that are related to that, as some people, you know, um, they treat symptoms, but they never focus on the disease. And when we're talking about wealth inequality in this nation and we're talking about it in black and white terms, black wealth versus white wealth, it, whatever we're talking about, whatever we're talking about, it's rooted in slavery. We're talking about voting rights suppression. It's rooted in slavery. If we're talking about the policing of the spaces that black bodies exist, we're talking about slavery. It's just an undeniable um, narrative that some people are taking a step to deny it by their silence and not connecting the dots. It's all rooted in slavery. So, you know, Colin Kaepernick has not come out yet as an abolitionist against slavery, but he's working towards that. He's working on the issue, so there's intersectionality there. We can have a dialogue. We can have a, a discussion. I'm all about treating symptoms, but that is until we find the cure. And Colorado has found that cure, and that cure seems to be starting with the supreme law of the land and in Colorado even though they are subservient to the federal constitution or the US constitution like everybody else but they can take certain steps and go beyond just like how they've legalized cannabis in many of these states Colorado being one of the first now they're being the first to actually abolish slavery although I think North Carolina got them beat but with a caveat with a, 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 a little difference. 
North Carolina Constitution does say uh, uh, on one line that slavery shall be forever abolished. It's that second line that gives you pause or the second section that gives you pause. Involuntary servitude is punishment for crime. Well, I don't know if the uh, writers of that constitution uh, or constitutional amendment North Carolina legislators actually, you know, compared the definitions of slavery and involuntary servitude side by side, but they mean the same thing. We're talking about the same thing, slavery and involuntary servitude. It's, it, it's the same thing. One could be a metaphor for the other. It's against a person's will and it's involving work. Although in this form of slavery, the slavers have felt figured out a way to get paid without actually making people work. Now, they put people to work, but they have refined the system of slavery to where all they got to do is have you on a plantation, and it's generating revenue for them. They just got to have somebody watching you. That's what the guard, the plantation guards are for and all of that. So we're going to take a listen to this rally, if y'all will bear with me. We're not even taking phone calls. That's why I ain't give the phone number out, but we're going to take a listen to this rally that Max Parthis, who will be joining us later, after we listen to this 30-minute rally in Colorado where they were announcing their second campaign, not even the first time they've tried it, but their second campaign to remove the exception clause from the Colorado Constitution that allows for slavery and involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime. And we have um, abolitionists in Colorado, L.A. Ramon. I don't know if folks remember L.A. It's been a while since we've heard from him, either on uh, this program or the other programs on the network. But L.A. lives in Colorado, so we would love to hear from L.A. Ramon about his initial reaction upon the announcement of the second campaign to abolish slavery. And I'm, I'm telling you, they're, they're really convinced that it's going to pass this time. And if it does, it, it'll make history. It'll make history. They can become the first state to abolish slavery and involuntary servitude. Then there'll be no question that they got North Carolina beat. Again, with North Carolina's exception for involuntary servitude as punishment for crime. So that's what's on tap today. And, of course, we got to talk about the prison strike. And I'm calling on the organizers. I hope, you know, that they receive my, my suggestion that they endorse Amendment A in Colorado as they conduct their national, which really has become international, uh, strikes in the prisons against modern-day slavery and human trafficking. So I, I would say it, it has gone international even. So we do have some other news to share with you that's related to the prison strike. Uh, if you want to see some of the latest information, hear from participants and supporters, just go to Twitter. I would say Twitter is the number one place to be in terms of getting information and dialoguing around uh, prison the prison strike. Just, just search the hashtag hashtag prison strike you know that's all one word not two all right so we will give a listen to this to this uh rally uh some other news 
in Richmond, Virginia. We got Otis. I hope Otis is on the line. Otis is, is out of the Richmond, Virginia uh, area. He's an abolitionist. And there was a noise demonstration uh, that aimed to shine the light on the conditions there in that jail and to bring attention to those prisoners' list of demands. And so they are a part of the prison strike themselves. Uh, I was just talking to Purcell, who is with Tanya Free and Friends, which airs on Wednesday, although they're on hiatus right now and they uh, won't return to the live airways till um, not tomorrow, but next Wednesday, next week's Wednesday, but they're based in Richmond, Virginia as well. I, I didn't even think to, to uh, bring this up with him. So uh, Richmond, Virginia, we know we got abolitionists in that area. Um, also uh, want to highlight or profile some of the victims of slavery who are participating in this strike and are being tortured as a result of their participation. And if you take a look at incarceratedworkers.org list under 2018 prison strike solidarity letters uh, where they have the uh, images of these prison strikers, you will find a lot of diversity there. Okay. So, uh, People of different classifications in this racist system practicing slavery are putting it on the line to end slavery, just as we had diversity in the uh, abolitionist movement against slavery in the United States post, I mean, pre-American Civil War. So that's just some of the news that we'll share uh, with you as we continue to shine a light on the national prison strike. So let me pull up this um, video. It has been posted to blacktalkradionetwork.com. If you haven't had an opportunity to see the video, it, it is posted for you there. You can also, you're about to hear the audio por portion of that. This is a rally. You have, let me just set it up for you. Uh, on August the 28th, 2018, a group of citizens, politicians, and community organizers launched a movement to abolish slavery in the state of Colorado, pointing out that the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and the Colorado Constitution does not abolish slavery and allows slavery to be legal as quote-unquote punishment of crime. And they are seeking to end Slave end slavery by removing the exception clause via Amendment A. So uh, just pay attention to the people who are are present here. Uh, we got uh, the descendants of victims of slavery, and we got descendants of slavers themselves all coming out um, in this rally to speak out against modern-day slavery and human trafficking in the state of Colorado and supporting Amendment A to remove that legal loophole from the state constitution. Very, very, if you want to talk about diversity in the movement, that, it don't get no more diverse than, than that when you got a, a descendant of a slaver and a descendant of a victim of slavery both coming together to support a common cause, which is to end slavery in the state of Alabama. I don't know if that's ever been done in history. I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened. I, I'm just not sure. All right, so here is the audio to that. 
I found myself arrested for the first time in my life. I was handcuffed right outside my office at gunpoint. I spent the weekend in jail, sitting in a cage, sometimes shackled, hands and foot. My family didn't know where I was. I even missed a few days of work, only for all the charges to be later dismissed and to find out I had no legal recourse for what I had gone through. As I sat at home processing, furious, thinking about what had happened to me, I, I thought this must be some small taste of what it must have felt like to have been a slave. And I was a community organizer, I had, I had resources, I had connections, I, I decided I was gonna look it up and figure out how could this have happened to me. So I decided I'd start at the source. And sure enough, when I, when I looked it up in the United States Constitution, I, I found the word there shall never be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime. Well, I, well, I was surprised. I, I decided, I, well, look, let me look it up for Colorado. And I found out it says almost exactly the same thing. There shall never be in this state neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime. It was then I realized that this story, the story I'm telling you right now, wasn't about me. It wasn't about my arrest. It didn't even start with me. It's a, it's a story that we tell each other, we tell ourselves, we've told ourselves hundreds of, time, hundreds of times. Often we end the story with, well, it'll never happen again. It's the story of Emmett Till, which sadly he was murdered in August. It was, it's the story of Mike Brown, who, I'll say it, was murdered in August. But it's not just sad things. Let me, let me tell you some other things about August 28th. In, on August 28th, 1833, slavery was abolished in the United Kingdom. In August 28th, 1963, Dr. King gave his iconic I Have a Dream speech. On August 28, 2008, Senator Barack Obama accepted the Democratic nomination for president. And on August 28, 2018, a group of people here in Denver, Colorado came together to write the next chapter in the story. That also ends in, it will never happen again. Because we came together to abolish slavery once and for all. And if you believe that, let me hear you say freedom. freedom. If you believe that, let me hear you say freedom. freedom. If you believe that, let me hear you say freedom. freedom. There are other people who are going to tell this story today. Other parts of this story today. After me, the next voice you'll hear is Representative Javon Melton, Representative Joe Salazar. You'll hear from Reverend Tammy Garrett-Williams of the NAACP. You'll hear from Pastor Caitlin Trussell of Augustana Lutheran, Sister Lee McNeil, Shorter AME, Reverend Tawana Davis of Soul to Soul, 
and Nathan Woodley Stanley of Colorado ACLU. I want you all to remember here, remember that here today we're not just having a press conference. We're not just here to vote on an initiative in the fall. We're here to write the next chapter of a story. A story that begins with Colorado taking the first step to abolish slavery in our nation and ends with never again. Good afternoon. Are you ready to make some history? Are you ready to make some history today? I'm State Representative Javon Melton, and I'm so proud to be standing up here with the doghouse Dems of the House as State Representative Leslie Heron and State Representative Joe Salazar. You know, Joe and I sponsored this bill. We sponsored it a couple years ago. Um, and we sponsored it because there's a problem with our Constitution. Um, there's a problem with the Constitution in that there's an exemption when it comes to slavery. Something that has been litigated, has been debated, and a war has been fought over. And yet we still have a glitch in the system. And that glitch needs to be taken out. And so I was proud to stand with my, my doghouse dim brother and, and try to get that language taken out in 2016. However, we didn't expect the language to be quite the way it was and some voters got confused and so we, we, we were unable to get that done. But uh, I'm so proud to say that with Amendment A, we got the language right. So today, as we launch this, I want to just tell you how important this is to me and to my family and to my family's history. Um, we can track my family back to 1861 to where my grandmother's great-grandfather was freed under the Emancipation Proclamation. And to know, to actually see a name of a family member of mine that was a slave, it is so sobering. It is it's so real. And I can tell you that when it comes to slavery and knowing that and actually being able to point to a name and say, that's where I come from, it's got to end. We as a state have got to stand up and say that language matters. Our constitution needs to be right. And that slavery is not right for anyone under any circumstance with any exception. So thank you so much for coming out today and for standing with us. And let's get Amendment A passed. Let's abolish slavery in Colorado once and for all. And now I'm going to hand this over to a man who needs no introduction because you know him, you know he fights for Colorado like nobody else. My doghouse den brother, Representative Joe Salazar. Thanks, bro. They didn't build this podium for me, did they? Big <laughs> representative Howard, let me borrow her pumps. I'm not above wearing pumps, y'all. Wait, did I just say something? <laughs> hey, it's good being here. I want to thank Jamoki and Together Colorado and the rest of the groups uh, that uh, that have really moved this effort this effort forward. When we decided to run the legislation the first time around, we knew that there was some concern about the language 
But we thought that we would be able to educate people enough to work around that situation. And unfortunately, people were confused. So this time around, Representative Milton said, I think we should go in a different direction on the language. And we sat down with the bill drafter over a period of several days trying to work on the language to best reflect exactly what we are looking to do in this ballot initiative and came up with something pretty doggone clear. All right, yeah. That yeah. finally, when people vote in November, they will have a complete understanding that what we're looking to do is abolish slavery in the state of Colorado. That there is no ambivalence to it. There's no ambivalence in the language that we are clear in 2018 that as a state, as a people, we no longer want to have slavery in any form in the state of Colorado. And this is a heartfelt issue for both of us, for Representative Melton and I, with his family background and so also mine. As we all know that American Indians were enslaved in one form or another in, in Colorado as well as the United States. In fact, there was a Spanish term for it. It was called Indio de Deposito, meaning deposit the Indian somewhere. And my great-grandmother was an India de Deposito, except Spain abolished that practice a long time ago, and the United States picked it up. Picked it up. And my grandmother, my great-grandmother was taken from her tribe, and she was deposited into another family's home where she was raised as a slave, essentially a slave, raising children her age not given a formal education, beaten and made to work horribly. So this ballot initiative, Amendment A, this strikes at the heart of a history that we no longer want to see in the United States of America. This strikes at the issue of what we do to our communities when they are incarcerated. And we are saying no more, not in 2018, and it shouldn't have happened prior to 2018. That we are a greater society, that we are becoming more moral, that we are actually evolving into a better self, into that greater union that we were hoping that we would become. That's what this step is right here. And what's really cool is this was one of, one of my final acts working with my fellow doghouse Dem as a state representative on the floor of the House of Representatives. Yeah. What a cool thing, huh? Yeah. Isn't that a cool thing? Thank you, Joe. I love you guys. Thank I love you. you so much. Thank you very much. You. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you, you know who she is, right? Uh -huh. Tammy Garrett Williams. You know she comes up here and she's going to throw it down. Just like she comes over to the state capitol and she throws it down in committee because she's truly of the people. So please put your hands together for Tammy Garrett-Williams. Good afternoon, everyone. Let me give you a picture of what a modern-day slave looks like. 
My number is 159454 from the Colorado Department of Corrections. I have been feeling like this since the day I entered into the correction system, and I still feel like a slave today. However, there's an organization that embraced me. And so now I'm here to say that I am Reverend Tammy Garrett Williams, State Secretary for Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Area Conference of the Midwest Region 4 of the NAACP. I bring you greetings, greetings from our national office where Attorney J Derek Johnson is NAACP president and CEO of our and our own state conference, Miss Rosemary Lytle, serves as state president as co-chair of the Midwest Region 4. And from all of our state and unit leaders, we greet you. Founded in 1909 to end the epidemic of lynching in this country, the mission of the NAACP is to ensure the political, the educational, and social and economic equality of the rights of all people to eliminate race-based discrimination. We are here today because of that mission. We are here to formally encourage Coloradans to vote yes on Amendment A to eliminate slavery and involuntary servitude from the Colorado Constitution. You see, American slavery ended in 1865, yet here we are in 2018, 153 years later. Let that simmer in your brain for a minute. And slavery and involuntary servitude are still legal in moral and fundamental documents which guides Colorado. Still legal per the Colorado State Constitution. Why? Why? Is slavery still a part of our Constitution because our voters believe in wage theft, in human trafficking, or in ensuring that people who are incarcerated must work for nothing? All right. Or is it slavery still a part of our Constitution only because voters were confused by the question? Yes. Yes. This time we stand together and we say it clearly, vote yes on Amendment A to abolish slavery in Colorado. Woo! Colorado, hmm, 
the Constitution, hmm, the, I'm not going to preach now, the, 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 the centennial state, because it was established 100 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, can declare that freedom and dignity are just as important today as they were when we became a state. And our Constitution is just as important, perhaps more so. So on November 6th of 2018, we must, we must, we must let our voices be heard. We must vote for the removal of slavery from our Constitution. Vote yes on Amendment A. 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 Thank you from the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. We thank you from the NAACP. Good afternoon. I am Pastor Caitlin Trussell, one of the pastors of Augustana Lutheran Church in Denver. I'm a faith leader in Together Colorado, a multi-faith, multi-race organization trying to make the world a better place. I am the great-great-granddaughter of Hugh Thompson, governor of South Carolina in the 1880s and graduate of the Citadel, who led a battalion of Citadel cadets firing the first shot of the Civil War against the Union ship Star of the West as it entered Charleston Harbor. And I am the great-great-great-granddaughter of Thomas B. Clarkson, plantation owner of 300 slaves. When we ourselves are not the one in chains, ignoring the pain is too easy. Prior to the Civil War and the burning of his plantation, my triple-great-grandfather invited an abolitionist to come and see the condition of the slaves for himself. The abolitionist recorded his visit in a letter. The letter congratulated my triple great-grandfather on his good care of the slaves. He liked that they were clean and educated and instructed in the Christian faith. I suppose it's comforting that his slaves were treated with kindness but there are zero legit excuses for owning people. The odd thing is that I'd known for many years that he had owned a plantation and it never once occurred to me that he had also owned slaves. And of course I'm not responsible for his choices, but I am affected by them. We all are. Ignoring the pain is too easy when we ourselves are not the ones in chains. There is always something to be learned and another step to take. My triple great-grandfather justified chattel slavery as a gentleman and a Christian, owning 300 people in the state of South Carolina. He cozied up to something we clearly know was wrong. He had people around him at the time who knew it was wrong. And we've grown similarly cozy with the vestiges of chattel slavery, including justifying the slavery exception in our state and national constitutions. And it's way past time to abolish slavery completely. I invite you to join me, all the rest of us, the Senate and the House that moved this forward to the voters that passed it unanimously so that we might vote and say never again. again. 
Good evening. My name is Lee McNeil, a member of Shorter Community AME Church and a board member with Together Colorado. The Colorado Constitution today still includes ancient, painful, and immoral language that allows for slavery and involuntary servitude. You see, I am a great-granddaughter of a slave. My maternal great-grandmother and great-grandfather both came out of slavery, which places me very close to slavery, very close to the pain. As I reflect on the stories, the history of slavery, I am reminded of the cruelty, the pain, and the inhumane treatment of many and the suffering that many families live through and witness and continue living through today. This is not and should not be a Colorado value and should not continue to be used to reflect a practice or a visual of pain and suffering. All right now, say it, say it. Many families are still in bondage Morally, we all deserve to have dignity, freedom, and equality assured each of us. All right. I believe freedom for all, liberation for all. Yes. It is important yes. to move this language that allows for slavery and involuntary servitude so that it reflects everyone's inherent human dignity. As a person of faith, I believe that removing this language can just be one step moving forward in a process. I believe that remove that this will help families to begin a healing process. It is a moral and a crime against humanity. There should never be slavery or involuntary servitude in any circumstance, period. All right. At such a time as this, with so much racism and hate in our midst, it is a struggle to feel that there is real freedom for all. Let us begin a journey of hope for the future of we, the people. Begin a journey of healing for the many hurting communities. Let us begin a path, a journey together towards liberation for all. Let Colorado be at the forefront of change for we, the people, at such a time as this. If I ask of you today is that those of you that are eligible to vote, get out and vote in November, November 6th. And I follow that up and I urge each of you, tell your mother, tell your father, tell your sisters, tell your brother, tell your friends and your neighbors to vote yes on Amendment 8 in November.
slave went free, stood a brief moment in the sun, then moved back again towards slavery. W.E.B. Du Bois, Black Reconstruction in America. I want to stand in the sun for more than a brief moment. I want to stand in the sun with my comrades and my brothers and my sisters who have made decisions or mistakes or wrong turns and are now have become that mistake or wrong turn or decision and is being punished unjustly. Right. I want to stand in the sun with my brothers and sisters preaching and speaking and living liberation like never before. Slavery by any other name is still slavery. You can call it slavery, you can call it Jim Crow, you can call it the new Jim Crow, you can call it mass incarceration, you can call it economic oppression, you can call it racism, sexism, by any other name, it is still slavery and it is time to abolish slavery from Colorado's Constitution. In the spirit of Ubuntu, I am because you are, I speak the name of Jamoki. We are here because of you, my brother, and I am grateful. Removing slavery from the Constitution inserts humanity into a dehumanizing, degrading, demeaning, oppressive, capitalistic system called mass incarceration, a.k.a. slavery. All right. Did you know that the simple definition in Google, nothing scholarly, just Google, <laughs> the definition of a human being is a man, woman, or child, strike one, species, homo sapiens, distinguished from other animals by superior mental development, power of articulate speech and upright stance. And we wonder why slavery is still in our constitution. All right now, come on. Why am I here? I am here standing before you not only as Reverend Tawana Davis, co-founder and consultant for Soul to Soul, a black woman-led, faith-based racial justice organization for liberation for all, I also stand before you as a mother of a 32-year-old daughter, an age that Sandra Bland did not make it to because she was murdered in her jail cell. I also stand before you as a mother of a 23-year-old 23-year-old son, an age that Khalif Crowder did not live to see because he committed suicide in a system that says that you have to have some semblance of mental development in order to be considered a human being. Why am I here? The late Dr. Katie Cannon says, do the work your soul must have. All right. Mm. Yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. Come on. Do the work well, well. your soul must have. All right. Amen. So on today, we have an opportunity to set the tone and to make an amazing change here in Colorado that will set the tone nationwide. Yeah. And that is to abolish slavery from our Constitution that is supposed to be understood as moral, as our guiding principles, as something we live by. We can't live by 
by an adage that says that slavery is still legal. I leave you with this. In the words of Antioch University's founder, Horace Mann, be ashamed to die until you have won a small victory for humanity. Today, you have an opportunity to win a victory for humanity, to redefine what humanity is, to insert humanity back into our society, to insert compassion and love and forgiveness and hope and dreams and another chance and, and, Here's your opportunity to win a small victory for humanity. Let us vote yes on A. No confusion. Let's let that excuse go. Let us now vote yes on A. God bless you. to bring up Representative, no, wait, what am I doing? Leslie Herod. So I always say Harrod, so I'm sorry. That was my bad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, how's it going, Denver? Kawana, you are amazing. You can mispronounce my name anytime you want because you are who I look up to for sure, and I really appreciate your leadership. Well, I am State Representative Leslie Hare, and I represent House District 8 right here in Denver. Welcome to the district. You know, this is an important place to be waging this campaign. As you all may know, this is a place where so many uh, campaigns have been waged, specifically around redlining in Denver, right? We abolish redlining right here in House District 8. The Jakarta movement under the leadership of Corky Gonzalez happened right here in House District 8. I stand underneath the MLK statue, which took a long time to make happen right here in House District 8. All right. And today we are announcing that we will abolish slavery in Colorado, starting here, starting today. Make no mistake, if anyone chooses not to support Amendment A right now, today, they are supporting white supremacy and slavery, period. There is nothing confusing about this amendment. Either you support slavery or you do not. It is time that we abolish slavery. That is what we are doing here today. I am so honored to be able to co-sponsor this piece of legislation with my friends, the Doghouse Dems, Representative Joe Salazar and Representative Javon Melton. If it wasn't for their leadership, people would have said this cannot be done and we need to stop now. That's right. But they said no. They said we will continue to fight. And that's what we're doing here today. I want you guys to look around at this crowd. What's going on up here is nothing. What's going on in this crowd is amazing. We have every kind of person here today saying that we will stand together to vote yes on Amendment A. So I want to thank you guys for having me up here. I personally will do all that I can to make sure that this passes in November. I know that it will. My grandparents and my great-grandparents expect me to. They expect you to. They didn't fight their way out of bondage for us to just sit still and
and allow this to stay in our Constitution. So today, we say we will vote yes on Amendment A, and in November, we will pass Amendment A. Thank you. My name is Nathan Woodliffe Stanley, and I am here both as a minister and on behalf of the ACLU. The, the ACLU of Colorado endorses Amendment A because there should never be an open door to slavery, actual full-on slavery in the Colorado Constitution. Believe it or not, even beyond what is going on now, as our Constitution is presently written, our public and private our public and private prisons could potentially buy and sell uh, the prisoners as slaves could use pure slave labor for profit and put those slaves on the auction block to be owned by the highest bidder as long as they could say that it is all just a punishment for crime there is plenty of debate about what our criminal justice system should look like, but there should be no debate that it should never even possibly include actual slavery or involuntary servitude that is essentially just slavery by another name. There was no need for debate in the Colorado legislature where every Republican and every Democrat voted together to put this amendment on the ballot. Now, look. That happened two years ago, too. This measure should have passed easily two years ago, but the language on the ballot was confusing, and it just barely failed. Two years ago, did you know to vote yes on the no exception to involuntary servitude prohibition amendment? Well, this time the ballot will let us vote to prohibit slavery and involuntary servitude in all circumstances, so there is no excuse this time for getting it wrong. Vote yes on A, A to abolish slavery, that is all you need to remember. Yes on A, yes on A, yes on A, yes on A. Now, I hope you, after this afternoon you will please stay connected to the Yes on A campaign on social media using Abolish Slavery Colorado and on the website abolishslaveryco.org where I hope you will also sign up for email updates. This is just the beginning of this campaign, and we will pass Amendment A and abolish slavery in this state. So let me close. Let me close with a blessing. Let us remember and bless the lives of those who have suffered under slavery over many centuries. Let us honor the women and men who fought to abolish slavery more than 150 years ago, and those who fought and died in that godly and noble cause. The result was Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation and the 13th Amendment, which mostly abolishes slavery and involuntary servitude, but not quite. Because of the politics of that time, an exception, a loophole, was left in that amendment. It is our blessing today to be able to legally close that loophole in our home state. We rest and we act upon the shoulders of Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, William Lloyd Garrison, Theodore Parker, Silas Soule, Sojourner Truth, and so many others. Let us do them proud and bless their work by doing what should have been done before, by finally finishing the abolition of constitutional slavery in Colorado on November 6th.
Blessings upon our forebears and our ancestors, blessings upon Amendment A, and blessings upon all of you for being here today. Go forth and vote in the name of all that is good and holy and true. Amen. How's everybody doing? So my name is Kamal Allen. I'm an organizer here with Abolish Slavery Colorado, and I will be closing us out. Um, so I want us, I want everybody to give yourselves a round of applause. This has been amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So before we close out, there are a few action items that I would like for uh, I would like to leave you with. Just a, a round of applause if you want to abolish slavery in the state of Colorado. <laughs> round of applause if you want Colorado to be the first state in our country to abolish slavery out of our state constitution. <laughs> it's not going to be an easy road getting there. So what we need you to do, the first thing that we need you to do is to vote yes on Amendment A. Too many people voted no on Amendment T in 2016 because the language was too confusing. Our, our legislators here cleaned it up. The language should be very clear. A is for abolish. A is for abolish. That's the first thing we need you to do. The second thing we need you to do is to tell everybody. We need you to post about this. We need you to share this. We need you to tweet this. We need you to have conversations at your dinner table. Right. We need you to tell everybody that you know that Colorado, uh, that it is legal to have uh, slavery in our, in our constitution as of right now, and that needs to be changed. All right. yeah. The next thing you need to do, if you haven't already, please sign up at our sign-in sheets over there. If you wish to stay in touch with the coalition, if you wish to stay in touch with this campaign, um, and, to and to get onto our email list. Another thing that we need you to do is to visit our website, abolishslaveryco.org. That is abolishslaveryco.org. There you can donate, you can join our email list, you can officially endorse us as a, as, a, as a campaign and receive all the latest updates. So thank you, everybody. Please give yourselves a round of applause and all of our speakers a round of applause. All right, welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. As you just heard, the live rally or a, a recording of the live rally that occurred on August the 28th in the state of Colorado. They kept saying District A. I think they were saying uh, District A. Um, that's what I believe that they were saying. And I was taking notes. I was inspired by the entire uh, thing. Um, so many different angles that you could point out. But everything... Uh, everyone who spoke was pointing to slavery and involuntary servitude. And I particularly loved the woman who was talking about, you can call it something else. You can call it Jim Crow. You can call it the new Jim Crow. 
You can call it mass incarceration, but it's still slavery. Slavery by another name, just like the documentary. You call it whatever you want. But see, there's a reason they call it other things other than slavery. They want you to think that there's something different, that it's not the same old snake that Frederick Douglass said would take on new forms, okay? Like a snake changing, you know, shedding its skin. But everybody was on the same page. And as I think back to the uh, formation of New Abolitionist Radio uh, as a abolitionist propaganda outlet to just put the ideal of slavery abolition back into the air, which we've been successful in doing. But many other questions that we were asking, where is the faith community? Where is the black church? The black church supposed to be, hey, they was at the forefront of the Underground Railroad. You heard the lady mention the uh, AME Zion Church. That's the black first black um, church that was started here in the United States, African Methodist Episcopalian Church. That, that, uh, that was the church that was burnt down to the ground for the attempted rebellion against slavery in Charleston. Uh, Denmark Vesey was a part of that. Gullah Jack was a part of that. Both those men lost their lives after uh, they were betrayed by a scared victim of slavery. And as a result, the AME Zion Church was burnt down. We know it was rebuilt because then, all these years later, Dylan Roof goes in there and murders nine people. And we ask these questions, where, hey, where are the politicians at? Where are the representatives? Where are the abolitionist candidates at? You got all of this in this rally. You had three sitting state house representatives who all uh, uh, sponsored this measure last year and put it through again this year, not taking no for an answer, putting it through, getting the language right. Uh, that was number one on my list of notes getting the language right. We ain't talking about mass incarceration. We ain't talking about whatever other label you want to put on it. Mass incarceration, over-incarceration, prison abolition. We ain't here today to talk about abolishing prison. No, we are here to talk about abolishing slavery. Everybody Every last one of those speakers was on the same page. There was no confusion about that. That's something that you can learn um, if you're a movement organizer. That's something that is very important, everybody being on the same page. And, you know, we're going to bring in Max after we take our music break and come back on the other side. But that's one of the things when he alerted me to this video, he said, you know, he wished that the uh, millions for prisoners March for Human Rights that occurred in 2016 in August last year that we were a big part of. Um, wish that all the speakers there had been on the same page, and they weren't. They weren't. They, they were touching upon symptoms, but it does not seem like they were um, all agreed upon a solution, and that's to end slavery. You got to start there then everything else will fall like dominoes in a row. But what more logical place to start than that domino that's the anchor to it all? And that's slavery. So number of things I go over my notes, um, 
diversity. I kept hearing references to the diverse crowd. People all different backgrounds, what have you. That's something I've always pushed for in the new abolitionist movement. Color-coded movements run into difficulty. And while in that movement, it is certainly okay to put point out the disparities when it comes to race. The movement itself cannot be about race. It has to be about ending slavery. It has that first and foremost. Okay? Then you don't have people united against a skin color. Which people will unite against a skin color? They don't care about what the issue is. If it's a skin color attached and they don't like that skin color, then, hey, they not going to like whatever you're talking about. So I really appreciate the diversity that these speakers was pointing out and saying liberty and justice for all, ending slavery for all, not ending slavery for so-and-so because so-and-so is disproportionately enslaved in other people. No, no, ending slavery for all. For it, that, you have to have your language right, especially if you're going to put something on the ballot and ask people to vote for. And voting, 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 voting again is important. I hear people talking about not participating in the system and they don't vote because their vote doesn't matter. Well, you know, there's too much information out there that is in contradiction to what you're talking about. Sitting on, sitting in your home somewhere, keeping your head down, so-called not participating has not changed anything. Why would it? The laws of physics don't work that way. The laws of physics don't work that way. If something's standing still, it cannot be an irresistible object, which you need an irresistible object force to to. Initiate that change. I mean, it's it's physics. Just sitting in the sideline complaining, saying that I'm gonna buy this and buy that, and 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 not rely on the system. When you're buying your stuff from the system, it's all part of the system. It's all all of it's the system. You can't operate in this world without using the system. Well, we talking about the banking system. Whether we're talking about uh uh forms of currency, mediums of exchange. There's nothing you can do without the system. So we might as well quit lying to ourselves and thinking that we ain't participating because we don't vote. You certainly paying taxes or you taking the steps in the system once again that the system says you can take to alleviate your tax burdens. Still the system. The jail is full of people who may have thought they weren't part of the system. But again, you're going to be part of the system in some form or fashion. This is why I hear people talk about integration. We integrated into America and it's a burning house. First of all, you don't even know what you're talking about because uh, um, you didn't listen to Dr. King's entire conversation on that he had with Harry Belafonte. He said because of injustice, the victim's going to burn the house down. And that the United States is not going to make good on these ideals of freedom and liberty and justice for all and people going to just keep burning it down. 
That's what he was talking about. He wasn't saying we was integrating into a house already burning. He said we were going to set the fire. And why isn't a color-coded movement? It was, once again, as I suspect before, born in the black community, this new abolitionist movement. It is certainly black-led. So, lots we could talk about. We can spend the entire next hour uh, breaking down this video again. I took notes. Um, and then there's some other news that we do want to share with you related to the national prison strike. Guess what? Team Vogue came out with an article on the prison strike, y'all. Let me repeat that in case y'all didn't hear me. Teen, as in teenager, Vogue, y'all know that magazine called Vogue for Women, where they have a Teen Vogue. This is a magazine that's all about beauty products and fashion and you know, celebrity, pop culture, and all that stuff. They put out an article today, or yesterday, on prison, on the prison strikes against prison slavery. I still yet to see, let alone black YouTubers, but major publications targeting black people. We're two weeks, what, in the second week of this strike, and you still haven't published one article? and you're targeting black people and this is an issue that's affecting them more than anyone and you are not reporting on it? Come on. And Teen Vogue is reporting on it. We got to watch who we're giving our energy to. We really do. And who we support because they are not supporting us. There are certain classes among any group and there are those who consider themselves of the uh, bourgeoisie class and common folk don't mean nothing to them. And who is, who is more common in the prisons than the common folk? But yeah, you'll talk about mass incarceration on your news program when you're required to talk about it. But in your personal life, on your personal social media platforms, even when you're branched out on your own and you got your something on YouTube or something is supposed to be your independent channel, nobody controlling your mouth, and you not talking about prison slavery, that tells me that you see yourself as some kind of elitist, that you don't care nothing about common black folks, the man on the street, and that's evident by what you talk about. It's all this black elitism type stuff. That's a shame. Team Vogue is putting you to shame. I'll be ashamed, but, you know, some people, they don't know what that even means. There's no shame in their game, as they say, because that's what they're doing. They're running game. And I'm peeping it in this pretty lane. So we're going to take station identification break and a music break we'll come back we'll open up the phone lines 704-802-5056 704-802-5056 just listen to a historic rally to abolish slavery in the united states starting with the constitution of colorado man they, they making me want to move to colorado i tell you
freestyle. Free like birds and trees, free like open seas, free like the change of seasons. And that is the reason we need to stop killing American soldiers without a reason. Freestyle, fighting a war for money control and America's own treason. Disloyal to our own, but we go to other nations and we make their houses our homes. What about our homes? What about our houses? In this war that ain't about you, ain't about me, and damn sure ain't about America's civil liberties. Cause we got Americans dying behind gunfights, crooked cops, babies crying, presidents lying, black men and statistic aids, and this shit is quite twisted. The streets sweet, babies missing, and mamas wishing they daddies was there, and it makes me wanna holler cause it seems like we no longer care. Freestyle, free life, freeing the street soldiers from this war in progress cause it's on the street too, and it too is about greed and power. We need the government to wake up and take a true shower. We need us to get us free cause they don't know what's best. Probably ain't never seen seven year old little boys wearing bulletproof vests to protect their chest cause ghetto children run free, and they run free through free bullets that's ready to rip through chest. Free bullets ready to lay to rest anyone in their way. See, free bullets run free through playgrounds where ghetto children run free all day. Freestyle, let me awake to see the day when I am free like birds that fly high up in the sky. Flapping wings able to elevate while my mind accumulates thoughts of being free cause my voice is not free like freedom of speech should be. Freestyle, freestyle, freestyle. Like a spoiled child with well-to-do parents. Like not only being royal, but standing and planning as the heir apparent. That's, That's how, how it should, should be. be. Freestyle. Without FCC sons of piles calling out files or free like anarchy in the streets and the rippling roars of the crowds. Like taxi drivers do rules written in stone. Freestyle the way the FBI can tap all our phones. Free to be me and do whatever I want to do. And freestyle so they can be them and you can be you. I want mine totally, completely, absolutely, unconditionally free. No rules or regulations of what could, should, or might happen to what they be. No values claimed, no limits to the game, no special names you need to know to get in. No chains, leashes, leases, or theses on how far I can take my journey, or what criteria this poet needs to fill and fit in. Free to see glass ceilings shattered and the shards sent to the discard pile for free style. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Freestyle. Never repressing my thoughts, locking my words, stressing the verbs, and now I'm because my speech is not free like the wind that blows this supposed liberation throughout this tried, tired ass nation. While I sit on rooftops reading the alphabet verses of ghetto and screaming out, Don't die, civil liberties. Don't die. Hoping my voice is heard through the nation's mountaintops. And the Emancipation Proclamation said I was free over 200 years ago, but my soul still don't feel so. While the Statue of Liberty presents a false reality of freedom more fake than reality TV, because she just does not reflect me. My voice locked up and locked inside my body Without words I can never be free So I look at myself and try not to see myself As a nigga they wanted me to be Free like birds is what I wish to be No longer picking cotton on your plantation My arms tired, my legs weak Feeling like my life has succumbed to your damnation And without justification it seems I have become a slave to hip-hop beats and rhythm nation Ignorance spoken at its highest height Played on every radio station Cause they think that can be tight Rocking expensive clothes We calling ourselves bitches and hoes And we think we free shit We more oppressed than I ever guessed Soul searching, looking for Spiritual salvation while listening to outcast liberation, trying to break the chains of enslavement and mental degradation. Freestyle like running in the nights, trying to find the light in the window, reaching for our foundation so we can start a new creation. Freestyle like freeing words of the good book that have been brought to translation and freeing me from all accusation from this nation. Cause it seems like I've vented all my frustration in this poem that I've called Freestyle. My lyrical libation. Freestyle. 
That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Like imagination, creation, and blindly breaking through borders the way love does. A self-organization of things as if every nation had wings. It could fly through the sky like a dove does. Free to live, free to give, free to dream the dreams of a potential prince. Free like the freedom we had way back in Eden and have yet to see it since. Free like common sense, free like death. No fickle favorites anywhere to be found. Even if you look at every book behind every tree or under every little rock on the ground. Freedom like light, sight, and sound. Like sunshine and moonlight and the promises of the Christ. Unfettered by the weather, the laws of Caesar's treasures or somebody's man-made price. Freedom flow like ice. Freestyle, that's how it should be. Priceless like faith, belief, and man's free will. Free to know what it all means, where it all goes, and how, how, how it all feels. Free to know what's really real. Free for me to know the damn deal. Free like a mother's silver tears, like a father's groundless fears. Free to be shared everywhere, like pain, shame, suffering, and war. The freedom to always do just a little bit more. Freestyle like what we've all been dying for. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed in on this broadcast from behind these enemy lines of USA Inc. where slavery and involuntary servitude is very much still the law of the land. We were just listening to Freestyle as we get ready to bring in my abolitionist comrade, Max Parthis. And Max said to, if you want to support these uh, people in Colorado, these abolitionists, that you can go to AbolishSlaveryCO.org. That's AbolishSlaveryCO for Colorado.org. Uh, Max, we're, we're getting just, I'm hearing myself speak back at you, bro. Uh, you think you can resolve that? Okay, that's about the best I can do. How is that, Scotty? Uh, I won't know until I speak once again, but I'm not hearing hearing myself now, so I guess we're good. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for having me in today, man. Uh, I was as as inspired as you are now when I heard it first. That's why I sent it directly to you because it really gave me a lot of hope, man. So, like you just said, let me start there. First of all, I want to offer my most sincere gratitude to the organizers of Amendment T and Amendment A this year. And if you want to support them, there's something that I want everybody to do. I mean, it don't take nothing. Just go to their Facebook page and click like. That's it. Simple as that. I went there today. Uh, yesterday, there was like 240 likes. That is a shame. We can do better than that. Just to let them know if that's the only thing you can do that you care. Uh, so you can go to AbolishSlaveryCO.org and get on the mailing list and maybe offer some kind of support in any other way there too as well. Um, Scotty? Right. Now, I was, as I mentioned, I was taking notes. And for me, this um, sort of, well, Max, I am hearing myself, so I'm going to have to mute you, bro, when I'm talking. Um, I would say that this was an actual official, you could say this was the official launch and probably should have said so last year, but there's a lot of different uh, things this year that just gives it a different feel. Uh, they are pretty confident that it will pass, but 
whenever you got a legislatures who are talking about changing a constitution and then you got all of these different organizations. We had the ACLU. We had the NAACP. We had people from the AME Zion Church. We had grassroots organizers represented. We had descendants of victims of slavery represented. We had descendants of slavers represented. All speaking in one united voice that it is time to abolish slavery for all. Again, they kept stressing that. That st- kept coming up. For all, not this group over here, not that group over there, for all. And that points to language. Get the language right. Get the language right. That's number one on my list, Max, is getting the language right. Your thoughts on getting that language right? Well, on that specific topic, uh, you know, that has been my thing since day one. (laughs) You know, and it's amazing that... you played freestyle because when freestyle came out we were on the largest uh, national tour ever by spoken word artists and my wife and I were two of six features that did 69 venues in 67 cities in six weeks and we carried this message with us talking about calling it by what it really is and trying to describe it poetically in any way we could and then on into 2010, we did the March 4th for Freedom Movement, which clearly pointed out modern-day slavery and 13th Amendment slavery and was putting it all together. And we had people all over the country and internationally who were in support. And we would go to the prisons and the jails and the courthouses and make noise and do poetry and do song and just let people know we know what's going on. You are enslaving us. And to see it today in Colorado, after all these years, like it's just been growing and growing and growing and it's manifest in reality. You know, you said it yourself, Scotty, when we started this thing, there wasn't nobody talking about this really, just a few diehard people. You know, it, nobody has talked about abolition since freaking 1888, <laughs> you know, except for those few diehards. So it just made me feel some kind of way, man. I, I was nearly at tears hearing the testimonies and everybody, like you said, on the same page and just wishing, you know, that we could do that ourselves instead of focusing on symptoms, focus on the source of the issue. Let's not abolish uh, slave catchers. Let's abolish slavery. Let's not abolish plantations. Let's abolish slavery. Let's not, you know, abolish uh, sending black people or minorities to cages by the freaking millions, let's abolish slavery. <laughs> it covers all of that. So, Scotty, that I was just moved, man, very much moved. Now, you were there in South Carolina for a number of years that has been your home base for your uh, slavery abolition efforts. Uh, that is where you've been, I, I think, for all of your years broadcasting on the Black Talk Radio Network part of New Abolitionist Radio. Um, but were you aware, I mean, how, how do you feel about this descendant of a slaver? Uh, t- she named two uh, uh, white males that own uh, human beings who were enslaving people in her family tree. And one of them was a former governor of South Carolina. Did that catch you by surprise or off guard that you have someone um, 
with such for, uh, family connections to the history of slavery in South Carolina, being there in Colorado. I'm assuming she moved to Colorado and is a transplant there. Um, but recounting that history of her family's involvement in, in slavery and why she was there. How, how did you feel to about that, to hear that from a um, um, person from where you where you are now, South Carolina? Again, Scotty, uh, I listened to it very closely. This is my third time hearing it, and every time I hear it, I am moved. When I heard the woman who talked about owning 300 slaves and how the family's wealth and everything was built on that, my first reaction was, you know, this is what I needed to hear. Somebody come out and say this. But that shouldn't be the end of the story in her case because there are people who are descendants of that wealth, <laughs> you know what I mean, that made that original wealth. And maybe there should be a discussion with her and others like her about how we should manifest some kind of support for the descendants of the people that made you rich. Yeah, so you're talking about reparations. But as far as it coming from South Carolina, dude, it's been South Carolina, Ohio, New Jersey, Colorado for a very long time, and Providence. At one time, Providence was called a bastion of abolitionism because it, it was at the top of the list. As a matter of fact, it is the only state in the entire union that abolished slavery with no caveat, nothing. Slavery is abolished, end of conversation. Simple as that. What Colorado is striving to achieve right now. Um, yeah, quick thoughts on what you said. Again, getting the language right. And someone contacted me through Twitter, and I think I mentioned this to you, Max, the other day, on the prison strike thread. And they was like, well, what about reparations, though? So that's what it sounds like you were talking about, that that woman needs to have a conversation with some of the victims of slavery about and providing a support system. But that's an entirely, I look at that as a interconnected but entirely separate issue from slavery. Right. I do too. I do too. Some of, I was inspired. Yeah, some of the other stuff, though, I've often, um, you know, we in the early days of New Abolitionist Radio, we would contact different uh, members of the clergy, different churches, and ask them, hey, would you be willing to allow myself or Max to come in and talk to your congregation about abolishing slavery? And and so, you know, we expressed some frustration at never getting any callbacks, uh, no acknowledgement whatsoever, um, not even a no, you know, maybe at a different time, nothing, nothing from these people. So I was inspired to see the heavy uh, representation of the quote unquote faith community at this rally. Almost everybody said they was a reverend. And I think the first candidate for for public office who ran on an abolitionist uh, platform on our show was Reverend uh, Ajabu, I believe is how you pronounce his name. So, so when I hear people bashing, and this happens a lot in the black community, I don't know about other communities. All I know is about the one that I'm a part of and the conversations that I see the most. There's a lot of bashing black Christians and what have you, but as it should be, as it was pre-American Civil uh, War slavery, here we have the church, who is uh, a very big part of the abolition in this modern era. Again, John Brown, reverend, uh, uh, pastor, 
not a pastor, but of clergy. His father was an abolitionist preacher. So uh, here we hear again a lot of preachers who have bought into, um, hey, slavery was never abolished and we need to end it. Your thoughts on that? There was one speaker, Scotty, who said that this is godly and noble, this fight, because it is. We're talking about tens of millions of lives affected by this. No aspect of U.S. society is unaffected by this modern-day slavery. It generates wealth that is nearly a trillion dollars a year just here in America, and it's become a global business model that has expanded across the globe. So when she said that, you know, I've always felt like that. Like, this is a calling, man. When you see this and you really understand what it is and you really look around and take take a quick, uh, long look at um, what you see, it's really easy to put that together. And then it clicks. Like, damn. Like, like really? <laughs> it clicks. It has to. I've seen the click in people's eyes. Scotty, you've seen it. Hannah just, Hannah X just contacted me a couple days ago and she was telling me about her seeing that click in someone's eyes when you realize that you knew this all along and you were just missing that one little piece of information and then it all fell into place and everything made sense that's what modern day slavery abolitionism is it's like the theory of everything for oppression it is the root cause and without the root you won't have the fruit you know um I was really feeling the woman's words when she she put in the words something that I had felt and she was saying doing the work that your soul wants. And it was sort of like a spiritual thing for me when I discovered that the United States never abolished slavery, then did all the research and hey, many of these states did not abolish slavery either. It was like for those who have who have who know a little something or been a part of the black Christian community or any faith community, especially Christians, you'll hear someone say that they, they were called to be a pastor. They were called to become whatever it is that they're doing, a preacher, a reverend, a, a part of the clergy. They were called. God put this call out and they had to heed that call. That is how I felt when I became aware that slavery was never abolished. And this is the greatest deception that I have ever known in my life. It's that calling. Did did she express that or did she not express that? You know? Yes. And there was one other quote, Scotty. I know you heard it, where the sister said, they didn't fight their way out of bondage for us to stand here doing nothing. Oh man, like it's that real. It's that real. Yes, it is that real, and and unfortunately, man, it is some people who are confronted with this information who still choose to do nothing, or their so-called solutions amount to doing nothing to change the system itself that's enslaving the entire planet. Okay, now I don't know if they in Colorado understand the true global impact of what they're doing but it it has it has that potential for that sort of impact a lot of movements that happen here in the United States have gone on to become international movements and people demanding the same uh um uh rights 
in recognition of human rights in their own countries who were moved by movements they saw here in the United States. I think uh, what they did today, or excuse me, on the 28th, uh, has the potential for that kind of uh, global impact. I believe so, Scotty, and they are not the first to try it, even with Amendment T. Uh, several other states, like uh, Brother Amaju, uh, Ajabu Amoja, was uh, doing it in Indiana. Wasn't that Indiana, Scotty? Yeah, I yeah, believe it, it was, was Indiana. Indiana. Exactly. I, I do remember Indiana. he introduced he the there. bill. He introduced the right, bill, that yeah. Was, that, that was like 2014 or 15 that he did that. And then uh, also Maryland tried to do the same thing but they couldn't get it through the house. I believe there's a different process for different states in order to accomplish this. They're doing a voter initiative, but you may not be that able to do that elsewhere. Yeah, you could do that elsewhere, but it's different ways to bring it about. So I don't know if in Colorado is like North Carolina. Um, in other states, if you get enough signatures on a petition, you could put something on the ballot. In North Carolina, and it might be this way in Colorado, the only way you can get something to amend the Constitution on the ballot before the voters is through a rep uh, already elected representative who has to advance it through that process. And I was quite quite moved to believe. Uh, I'm sorry, I was quite moved to hear from one of the lit. Um, I think it was the ACLU representative that there was not a single no vote to put Amendment A on the ballot. There was nobody that was willing to allow their name, Republican or Democrat, to be going down as voting against ending slavery in the state of Colorado. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick station identification break. If y'all have any questions or comments, I know... Um, I'm inspired by that. I mean, just rejuvenated by seeing those moves being made. And so I'm just going to make a commitment uh, to start calling all the different representatives, primarily the ones of my state legislature, because they are putting some ballot, um, excuse me, some ballot initiatives that would change the North Carolina Constitution. It's been a big thing here in the state of North Carolina, but of course, uh, missing among those is a amendment to remove the involuntary servitude exception clause. Again, they abolished slavery, but they put an exception clause in for involuntary servitude, which is just word trickery. It's sorcery. Do you know what I'm saying? Words are important. Words have definitions. So while in spirit, I mean, while technically they do abolish slavery in language, they don't abolish it in spirit by allowing an exception for involuntary servitude. So we will um, take your calls if you have any thoughts at 704-802-5056. Get into some of this other news. Uh, you just had a rally occur in Richmond, Virginia. I don't know if Otis on the line, and I don't know if he heard about it, but it is uh, something that went down in Richmond uh, last night or a couple of nights ago. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News, my name is Scotty Reed, and we'll be back on the other side. 
Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to BTR News. Real quick through my notes again. um, The ACLU rep who also said that he was a minister. He said if they wanted to, they could bring back the slavery auction blocks and could buy and sell human beings according to the language of the exception clause. So so visualize what he said. I don't want there to be any confusion. There may be some confusion of what he was saying uh, on New Abolitionist Radio. Uh, we've shared the audio of a video of one of the private prison companies. They had a guy standing in the gym, and he was selling stock in a private prison that they were hoping to build in that community. And this was in a high school gymnasium, and he was sitting up there auctioning off stock and what have you. Now, yeah, that reminds you of actual human beings being there on the blocks, being auctioned off, but they didn't have actual human beings there. They were auctioning off stock, telling you to buy some stock, in this prison that we gonna feel with human beings. What the ACLU rep was saying that if they wanted to, they could actually have these slave auction blocks right outside the courthouse. So as soon as they convict, say convicted, you have been duly convicted, once you get that, that gavel comes down and the judge says the jury found you guilty and I sentence you to 20 years, then they just take you out, put you on the auction block, and people out there, whether they be farmers, um, corporations, whether it be somebody wants you to work in a call center uh, or breaking down return packages in a warehouse somewhere, whether it's working on a turkey farm, that they could just bid on your services right then and there with you standing right there on the block in change. They could do that today. That's what he's saying they could, and it would be legal as long as they're saying that this is punishment for crime. That is, in fact, what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Really, that's what they're doing. Once they get them in the prison, they've adopted the model of the convict leasing system where no no longer we're you know putting human beings up on the auction block in chains and 
people inspecting their bodies to see if they are fit for work and got strong backs and good teeth and, and all of that so I don't have to spend too much money on maintenance. They could bring that back. That's what he's saying, but they do it behind the scenes nowadays. Some prison plantations have call centers in them. Some have manufacturing. Uh, one, one prison here in the state of North Carolina, they got a textile mill right there attached to the prison. Right there attached to the prison. But he's saying if they wanted to. They could just pull you out to jail in chains, throw you up on the auction block, and let these corporations bid on, on how much you're going to work for them over the course of your sentence. Think somebody wants to chime in? We got area code six four six. Max, anytime you want to join us, just unmute yourself, please. Uh, don't watch your background noise. Um, go ahead, tag. I believe that's uh abolitionist tag calling us from the New York area. Welcome to BTR News. What's on your mind? Peace. Appreciate that. Peace to you, Brother Scotty, and peace, Brother Max, and anyone else of the abolitionists and future abolitionists. Uh, certainly appreciating and feeling that audio, and so just, you know, heavy to Colorado right now for following up and, and as critical work on the state level and you were just saying about the comments about auction block were just re-reminding me of a very strong text around these issues especially with y'all interviewing Lee Wood tomorrow which that's extremely dope um, to hear from uh, one of the, the prison slavery the book but um, a more recent book around these issues uh, called Slaves of the State, Dennis Child also uh, goes into question of these auction blocks. Uh, Dennis Child's Slave of, Slaves of the State, which was just published a couple years ago, and uh, talking about them doing exact, you know, directly in the wake of the 13th Amendment exception clause, just straight out the gate, directly outside the courthouse, you know, auctioning heads off. And um, you know, cites the specific examples and quotes, etc. So uh, it's it, it's extremely real, and it's important for us to always be mindful of of, of realities and the, the dimensions of that reality. Not just a question of you know what's on on paper, but what what that paper allows these slavers. To us. But um, likewise, as far as you know, noting uh, various positives, I really appreciate that even though this struggle has been going on for a bit, um, it, it, again, the importance of checking up against uh, uh, local struggles, you know, and being aware of what's going on uh, nationwide and internationally, because the fact that Colorado, this was re rebuffed you know, or fusion of the language allowed for this to continue. Um, the first uh, bill or, or the first, you know, tells us something that for these futures are to happen in, in other states across the country, you know, really emphasize making that language as clear as 
humanly possible. And it's really just underlines the the importance of authority and, as you said, of language. And also positive, I just really appreciated what I see of a lack of cynicism overall in, in the discussion. You know, it seems, uh, to my ear at least, overall a very uh, sincere, even though even though the, the points that didn't, you know, hit home with me directly as others, uh, it didn't seem insincere um, by and large. And, and unfortunately, this kind of cynicism that comes out of fatigue or, or the, the sense of a need to be at the vanguard of a, an issue, all, all sorts of, you know, um, kind of cynical that can work their way into our struggles out here, you know, to hear the, the kind of unity of message that, that we have there. And then uh, just just some quick questions and, and not to not to fall into any cynicism, but that they now have this very clear language. Um, it allows some some very clear picture of who exactly the population of Colorado that will be voting no at this once it's on the ballot this year. That, that will be a very interesting number to see, you know, what percentage of, of Coloradans still vote no. We don't want to uh, we don't want to abolish slavery in Colorado. And and then um, also I, I'm just wondering, given that there was a representative from the NAACP uh, out there, uh, as you've been pointing to the absences or the, you know, who, who hasn't been raising the, the, the issue of the, of the uh, prison strike, um, I'm definitely concerned that uh, I don't really see any Thing on the national level out of the NAACP or the Legal Defense Fund who, you know, uh, one would imagine would, would prove extremely uh, valuable given the legal resources that they have at their disposal um, around these issues and, and in abolishing uh, 13th Amendment slavery, you know. So uh, I, that, that, that's just a question that, that this audio raised for me, especially in the context of all of the um, questions of silence around the prison strike. Uh, from out of the media, et cetera, that, that you've been raising consistently. A couple of things there, Tag, and you could chime back in um, if you uh, need to, but a couple of things there before I play, play this video, because there seems to be some confusion uh, concerning whether or not individual human beings have been, are, have been put in on the auction block uh, post-American Civil War slavery, so we're going to play this this video, but before I, I get to that video, some of the issues that Tag raised there, uh, Max actually talked to um, somebody behind the scenes, but on the staff of the National NAACP, and raised the issue of the 13th Amendment, and the person clearly stated, a white male clearly stated, at least he sounded like a white male, I shouldn't assume, um, by just speaking to someone that they, you know, was any color, but whoever it was, <laughs> all right, he said, we're not interested. He said, we, we, meaning the NAACP, not that he was in a position to speak for the NAACP uh, as an entire uh, organization, but he said they wasn't interested in changing the 13th Amendment. Now, 
This is just like Black Lives Matter National hasn't said anything about the prison strikes either or prison slavery. And we've actually had one of their founders be given space in the Guardian of the UK bringing up, talking about some abolition except for slavery, talking about abolishing war, abolishing poverty, abolishing uh, uh, misogyny, abolishing everything but slavery. And so, but we know that young brothers and sisters at the grassroots level in the different chapters, either in a county or in representing a city, that they have uh, participated in abolitionist actions outside of what the national... So I'm looking at the NAACP as the same way. Um, I think the woman's name is... I can't think of her name right now. It's EFO, something like that. I just watched her on an event by the uh, Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevens hosted some kind of where you just had three people sitting on the stage and they talking about problems, right? It was with Angela Davis and the current woman who is the head of, not Angela Davis, I'm sorry, Michelle Alexander, author of The New Jim Crow in the Age of Obama, talking about mass incarceration. And then they had the woman who's the head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund talked about abolishing the mindset of slavery, but never once said anything about actually abolishing actual slavery. It's like they are not aware of the 13th Amendment, when I know they got to be. They saw Ava DuVernay's documentary. They heard all the news surrounding it. They're hearing all the news about the prison strike. So they know. They attorneys, they know. Why they dodging it, I can't, I don't know. That I can't, they can only answer for themselves. So I wouldn't be discouraged. Actually, a lot of movement comes from the various ground level chapters. And so this shows that you don't need the national to be on board, okay? If you can get your county chapter or your state chapter of any organization to get behind something that you don't need the support of the rest. I mean, what? What is the NAACP national gonna tell that chapter? No, you can't participate in in this campaign to abolish slavery and involuntary servitude. Do they really want to tell somebody that and then that information gets out? So they just ignore it. That's how they do. They just ignore it. So shout out to the NAACP person there in Colorado who is part of this slavery abolitionist uh, effort. Same with the ACLU. Different chapters. They got state chapters. They got... Yeah, ACLU is broken up into state chapters because they got one in California, North Carolina, got one in Colorado as well. And so we have been, at least I can speak for myself, but I know others have been too. We lobby on social media. We use social media as a tool to lobby people on issues, on getting behind. And I, for the longest, have been lobbying the ACLU whenever they comment on a case of police brutality or something to do with the Constitution, legal matters. I'll keep, keep, keep asking them to consider this in the context of the 13th Amendment and slavery never being abolished. Just leaving little comments like that is planting seeds. And you don't know how many minds of the people that's going to see that. Or the person who made the comment 
or the post on which you're commenting. You never know what influence you might have. So now we got the ACLU. I, I, I want to think like to think that it's just a matter of time before the NAACP national organization, along with the ACLU national, gets behind a campaign, a national campaign to remove the slavery exception clause from the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, as was stated throughout um, that rally there in Colorado. So anyway, uh, Max expressed some issue or some confusion concerning what the ACLU do said. Um, so I'm going to play this promotional video from the Bill Clayton Detention Center. It, the clip is on YouTube. It was posted by the Bay Area Anti, uh, Antifada and it's called Immigrants for Sale Private Prisons Auction Off Inmates. So let's let's take it a, li- a give a listen. Very short. It really is state of the art. It's as good as it can possibly get. You have the people coming into that pipeline. So you have an endless supply of product. No matter what your business is, what you're looking for, we will have a steady supply of people in America to fill this facility. Okay, the rest is uh, all graphics. So as I'm looking at that video, Max, and I'm going to bring you in, um, I'm not seeing any human beings being brought to the floor, uh, made to stand on the auction block in chains, and being auctioned off and people bidding on them like we might see from a scene from uh, any of these um, uh, fictional films even though they say Roots was based on a true story where they put Kunta Kente up on the auction block and the auctioneer started taking bids and then somebody bought Kunta Kente and then took him home at the end of the night. That's that's not what was going going on there, but perhaps you saw it a different way. Uh, Max, did you want to cl- uh, clarify that? Yes, I did. Can you hear me, Scotty? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let me put it this way, Scotty. There is no confusion on my end at all. This has been the one thing that I've been constant on from the very beginning. This is 2018. If they were selling human beings on stocks, the blocks wouldn't even be made of wood no more. They don't do that anymore. They sell you in the form of prison stocks and jail bonds. In that particular video, you heard the auctioneer selling the Bill Clinton uh, private prison and starting at $5 million with a guarantee that it would be filled with people to do work for your company. That's what they said. Yeah, so that's so the Clayton. Facility. That's the Bill Clayton Detention Center, not Bill Clinton. Right. So they didn't need to have people on the block. They just told the man. If you buy this prison, it's going to be filled with people. There's a guarantee. We have this 80% occupancy guarantee. And whatever product or service you're working, there will be a constant supply of people to work. 
Okay. That's what he told you. Yeah, right yeah. So there, there's no confusion there, and we're definitely on agreement because we've been reporting that for seven years on New Abolitionist Radio. But that's not what I got from what the ACLU guy said. The ACLU guy said, as written with this language in the exception clause, they can pull out the action blocks and 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 um you know just uh lead Kunta Kente up there by chain. And put them on the block and start and start the auction. He's saying, as written, they could bring that back. There's nothing preventing that. All they have to do is say, we're doing it as punishment for crime. Literally, they could, but uh, currently they are selling people in digital form. You just got to fill up the bed. That's what, because, you know, we listen to them. They call them beds. We'll have 80% full beds. Like, there's no people that's going to be in the beds. You know, it's word. It's sorcery. It's spelling. That's why they call it spelling, because it casts a spell. So they changed the way something's described, and now you don't see it anymore. So you don't see Kunta Kinte on the auction block, but there's 10 million people that are caught up in stocks and bonds. <laughs> Literally, stocks and bonds on Wall Street. I would actually prefer that they had the actual action. Excuse me, the act, that was a tongue twister. I would prefer if they had the actual auction blocks out there. Then perhaps so many people wouldn't be asleep talking about what you talking about. Slavery ain't never been abolished. I don't see no people being led through the streets in chains and, and put up on the auction block. I, that's not happening. What you talking about? I would right. prefer and, it and be done because, that that's way. That's why they can't see it. Yeah. That's why people can't see it. Remember, we did the video, and I produced a poetic version of the video from Fox News Business, where they explained how you should not be investing in certain companies and you should invest in jail bonds and explain right, how the whole right. scam works. They were selling people on Wall Street, right. talking about it right there, about how they were doing it. Right. And, and, and so, yeah, even in the clip I just played, he made clear what what they were investing in. You were investing in the future labor labor of human beings, and we got a pipeline of them. Didn't he say pipeline? Pipeline. We got a pipeline of, of people that's just going to keep filling up the prison. So, you know, get in early, buy your prison now. Man, you know, so if you actually had, had as soon as they pulled an uh, uh, immigrant off the border or the refugee, they catch them sneaking them across the border. It would be more preferable to me if they just trotted them straight to, you know, some auction blocks. You know how, like, how they had them all in that courtroom? See, the courtroom has replaced the auction block. So remember seeing all the refugees all given one sentence by a judge, even had three-year-olds, three-year-olds now, three-year-olds. Courts are the processing plants. Yes, three-year-olds put up on auction. I would prefer that they had had actual auction blocks, man, where it was just like out of a scene from Goodbye Uncle Tom. I wish that people could see that. Then perhaps that'll shake you up and wake you up out your apathy. This is something real we're dealing with. It's not imaginary. It's not fictional. It's real. Slavery is real. Well, Max, did you have any final comments? Um, be well, before I shut it down, I do want to share this news out of Richmond, Virginia. 
Uh, and I'm pushing right up against it. Um, inspiring report from Richmond, Virginia, that included a back and forth dialogue between those supporting the prison strike and those incarcerated. And I like how they uh, are hiding the identities of the people on the outside out there. Um, <laughs> I guess, hey, if you don't want to lose your job for standing up against slavery, it's better that you hide your identity than not be out there at all. At least you a body out there on the front lines. So I ain't going I'm I'm not gonna throw no shame on your game about why you don't want your face to be seen as a abolitionist in this world. But I know how they punish people and so I understand. But anyway, it says on the evening of September the first, a coalition group of various anti capitalists, anti racist, anti fascist prison strike supporters gathered outside the Richmond, Virginia City Jail to fulfill a promise made to prisoners during a noise demonstration on August the 25th. We'll be back. Word is bond and despite the heavy rainfall, 20 members of the Central Virginia radical scene gathered for a second noise demonstration on September 1st. They had drums, fireworks, and a banner reading, You Are Not Alone. Um, let me see. Let me get back to it. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm trying to monitor several different things. Anyway, it says while the previous demonstration had larger numbers, was able to sustain itself for over an hour. The subsequent demo allowed radicals and prisoners to dialogue directly about conditions within the jails. Individuals from the demo were able to update and inform the incarcerated folks about the nationwide prison strike. The prisoners, having gathered and collectively agreed upon the issues they were facing, were able to communicate a list of grievances. They are served uncooked and spoiled food in small portions. Packaged products are served beyond expiration dates and taste bad or spoiled. Two, Many prisoners have been exposed to scabies and staph infections that are being inadequately treated. Others have been affected by uh, MRSA, an antibiotic-resistant infection that has cost one prisoner their toe. The showers and bathroom facilities are not properly maintained by the jail. At times, there are worms and maggots within the showers. They have not been allowed into the quiet areas. I, hey, I'm just thinking, wasn't Paul Manafort locked up in Virginia? His conditions was not described like this. He even had was able to work from his jail with his fax machine, his phone, and, and all that. He even had his own little private little area in the jail. It must not have been in the Richmond, Virginia jail we talking about right here. Uh, it says they are required to do labor without being paid. That's slavery. The prisoners are not given adequate materials to perform the work required of them. These jobs include cleaning the facilities as well as the correctional officers in sheriff's vehicles, preparing food, laundry, and barbershop. Due to the lack of materials, the prisoners are exposed to unsafe conditions. Um these small acts of symbolic solidarity are not only focused on the 2018 prison strike, but also the injustices of the incarceration and policing system specifically affecting Richmond, Virginia. So shout out to um, those in who are in the Virginia jail. Uh, solidarity with you and your list of demands. Listen, 
got another story I want to bring to you. I do have to get out of here. We're at the end of the broadcast, uh, but there is something else. And I'll, I'll probably bring this up on Thursday, or we can talk about it on New Abolitionist Radio. But there are people being tortured right now behind this. And if you go to incarceratedworkers.org, do a search on 2018 Prison Strike Solidarity Letters, you will find uh, pictures and the addresses and a brief bios of prisoners who are being tortured for being suspected of helping to organize the strike behind the bars or for participating in the strikes. There are a number of different victims of various backgrounds, religious faiths, different skin colors, uh, might even be language that they speak. You know, some people think Hispanic and Latino is a is a racial classification when it's not. It's a, a it's a it's a nationality based on a language, uh, not a skin color. But uh, lots of diversity in this group. I, I would qualify them as political prisoners at this point. They are political prisoners now. As one who has has uh, reported on the political prisoners for a number of years. There is a difference between prisoners of politics, that's victims of the drug war and other quote-unquote Jim Crow-like black codes and how they're enforced and who they're enforced against. So you have prisoners of the politics, but political prisoners are in there because of their activities on the outside in the area, you know, that falls under politics. Well, I say because of these victims' politics in prison, they are now political prisoners. So um, we got to recognize those who not only organized this prison strike, but whose, whose lives are literally on the line and are being tortured. We're talking about torture. I ain't talking about metaphorical, metaphorical torture. I'm not talking about metaphysical torture. I'm not talking about torture while it does include torturing torturing your mind but we're talking about something the international community has called out as torture against human beings it's even been considered uh torturous to put an animal in an enclosure by themselves with no contact whatsoever but it's definitely torture when we're talking about human beings and we want to recognize those so i'm gonna give a quick shout out to those uh, real quick, don't have time for their bios, but Julius Smith, Santa Rosa Correctional Institution in Florida, Corey Sutton, a uh, victim in Lakeland, Fort Florida, Ezio uh, Williams, who is in Union Correctional Institution, that's in Rayford, Florida, uh, out of Louisiana, we got Ronald Brooks, who hails from Homer, Louisiana. In North Carolina, we have Todd Martin, um, High Correctional Institution, Swan Quarter, North Carolina. Uh, Jace Burris, High Correctional Institution. Uh, James Ward out of Ohio, Toledo Correctional Institution. David Easley, Toledo Correctional Institution. Imam Sadiq Abdullah Hassan. Um, it doesn't say which prison but he's also in Ohio as well. Greg Curry, Youngstown, Ohio. Um, 
He's been targeted for his association with Hassan in the 1993 Lucasville Uprising. South Carolina, we got Jason Terman. He's at McCormick. In Texas, we have Jason Renard Walker, Keith H. Washington, both victims in the state of Texas. Uh, we also have in Virginia, who which we just got through talking about the Virginia noise demonstration last night at, at the Richmond um, jail. We have Kevin Rasheed Johnson. Kevin Rasheed Johnson, political prisoner in Virginia. And we salute all of you uh, prisoners who are participating. Um, our sympathies for all of you who are victims, whether you're participating or not. And we stand in solidarity with abolitionists against slavery in the United States, whether you on the inside or the outside. Solidarity on the issue of ending slavery in this country. All right, we've come to the end of our broadcast. Uh, there will be no live broadcast of Tanya Free and Friends tomorrow afternoon. Also, no BTR news at 6 o'clock p.m., uh, we won't have any live programming until uh, New Abolitionist Radio airs at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Um, my cousin stopped by real quick to ask me what my thoughts were on the night campaign and making Colin Kaepernick the face of their 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign. And I told him you might get to see me on Fox News 46 tomorrow if they can find a person who uh, is against Colin Kaepernick and Knight uh, choosing him for whatever their reason may be. If they can find that person, then um, yes, I will be on Fox 46 tomorrow um, expressing my views on the issue of Colin Kaepernick and the Knight campaign. All right. Thank you for tuning in to those that called in. Uh, Max for sharing his thoughts on the very inspiring uh, campaign that took place in Colorado on the 28th announcing the launch of campaign to um, uh, pass Amendment A, which would remove involuntary servitude and slavery from the Colorado Constitution. Uh, it just barely got defeated last year, and I just think it's in, it's just in the air. That's not the word I'm, speak, I'm looking for. It's destiny. I think Colorado is destined to pass Amendment A and count itself among the very few um, who are taking a stand, um, not just by word, by, but by deed in abolishing slavery behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc. Peace and blessings to all.